This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Friends, happy Monday. This episode is... uh, it's an important one for me, <laughs> uh, mainly because I run like a diesel engine. So I take a fair amount of time personally to warm up a good amount. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing good or bad about it. That doesn't make me, you know, any less or any more. But I just want you all to be aware because it's something that I, I hear quite often when I am at race venues or, you know, I hear it even from clients And they're just not feeling like they're properly ready for actual race day. And I really want to use this episode on how to prep on race day, how to specifically prep yourself on race day. And, you know, today's episode, really, I want to talk and and focus more on the physical preparation of things. I don't really want to dive too much into the mental, but, but we'll see. We'll see how long I ramble and how long I actually, you know, talk about the actual warm up. So, You may think you need to ride more and of course train more because, you know, more is better, quote unquote, in order to prep for your race. And and while this is completely true, I do not see the lie. The one thing that you can do to help with your race day is often neglected. And that one thing is to warm up properly before your race. Uh, You know, it's even if you have your nutrition dialed, you have your performance and your technique dialed, you have everything dialed, but then you're leaving a lot on the table because you're just not warming up properly before your actual race or before a heavy training day or something like that. Because I mean, really, all right, let's talk about it. You know, imagine trying to race a car right after you turn it on. I mean, right after you turn it on, that is in essence what you're doing even if you say to yourself, oh, well, it's okay. I have a transfer, you know, to my next or to my first stage. That's going to take me like 20 minutes to climb. That'll be plenty of warm. While that's true, you just don't want to feel run down or beat down on that transfer, or you don't want to feel run down or beat down on your start to, or on your ride rather to the actual start, depending on if you're doing cross country or, you know, enduro, enduro or whatever discipline you're, you're doing in your race. It doesn't really matter because I think all too often we think, Oh, I'll just warm up by, you know, riding my bike there. Yada, yada. But unfortunately just a generalized warm up like that is leaving is it's just leaving a lot on the table. And if your body is anything like mine, it's like I said earlier, it's like a diesel engine. So it does take some time to warm up effectively or else. Nope. It's just not happening on race day. You know, you're just not going to feel it. I'm just not going to feel it. And as you can imagine, just jumping on the bike, isn't the best way to get warmed up for a ride, but especially for a race. And we want to, we want to effectively ease our way into racing and riding And one way to do that is to warm up effectively. So today I'll talk about how to do this step-by-step. Ultimately, one thing to keep in mind is your central nervous system or your CNS, it really controls everything in your body. The CNS includes your brain and really, you know, all of the nerves connecting everything to your muscles, between your muscles and your brain, basically. Your CNS needs to be activated. And, you know, I mean, sure, your brain and your nerves are always working, but you know, there is a sense of activation that needs to happen, especially with your muscles and things like that. So kind of like, kind of like when you might feel like you need coffee or caffeine in the morning in order to feel like you can function, that can be very similar to how 
it is without stimulating your CNS to work properly before a race or before a workout. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a point of comparison. And basically this means that we want to get the right muscles fired up before we get on the bike. So a lot of our muscle specific bike or muscle or bike specific muscles, I can't talk, uh, just need to be activated and fired up. Now, the best part about a proper warm up is that this whole process may help you actually feel less pain in general on the bike. Yes, I, I did just say that, and I know it's a huge claim, but I did just say that it can possibly make you feel less pain. If you're having a nagging knee or hip or low back issue, obviously there's other things I cannot, you know, it's out of my scope of practice to diagnose you or anything like that. I will always refer you to my PT. That way you are in safe hands uh, with a very capable individual. But it's one of those things I see all too often. And I've learned and seen myself with my own injuries and just aches and pains over the years, as well as my clients, just because I've learned under a variety of uh, doctors of physical therapy, DPTs. And, you know, if anyone knows, they definitely know. And I can definitely say that, yes, properly warming up and, you know, getting yourself activated and moving through the motion can help you experience less pain. Sounds hefty and it sounds like kind of a pipe dream, but honestly, there is a lot of validity to that. So now this does include warmups before your workouts and lifting sessions in general. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> now, if you do any of my training programs, you know, especially the Shred Strong training program, you know uh, that I always include some sort of, you know, proper warm up that is specific for that day. So, you know, it just depends on if you're squatting, if you're deadlifting, whatever that actual range of motion or whatever that motion is that we're training that day, we want to warm up effectively for that. That doesn't differ when it's bike related workout or a race or anything like that. So we need to stop thinking that we only need to work out if we're, or warm up rather, if we're getting ready to work out or lift weights, we need to start thinking that yes, we do need to actually warm up even before we get on the bike and do our generalized warm up. So let me dive in to prep for this warm up. You do need to grab a yoga mat or a rolled up, you know, towel or something like that to easily carry with you. That way you can use it at your next race or before your next training ride. Okay. I will link the video in the show notes. So if you need a, if you're a visual learner, like I am definitely check out the video, I'll go through it. Just a heads up in this video, I'm awkwardly leading you through all of the phases of a proper warm up. Just, I'm a little bit awkward on the video. Um, you know, we were kind of, it was right when the pandemic started. It's been up for about a year. I'll probably re-record it just to where it's a little bit more flow. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'm just being self-critical, but the video I think is about eight, eight to nine minutes long, maybe, but watch it once. That way you can see everything that I'm talking about. Again, if you, especially if you're a visual learner and then look at the show notes, because I do talk about um, or not the show notes, but the, the notes in the YouTube video, because I do outline the actual warm up in there. So you can easily copy, screenshot, whatever, copy and paste in your notes on your phone. That way you can use it. But let's dive in. So the phases of the warm up, I affectionately call warp, W A R P, because I want you to think that it won't take very long to do it which will only encourage you to do it more, hence warp speed. And, and no, I promise you, I didn't think about Operation Warp Speed 
for the COVID vaccines before I called it WARP. It's it's literally just an acronym that I've I've used um, kind of over the years just to remind myself what to do like for myself, even before my regular workouts with lifting sessions and things like that. So a WARP, W-A-R-P, stands for warm up, activate, range, and prime. So let me explain this a little bit further. First phase, warm up. In this phase, you you basically want to increase your overall body temperature and heart rate elevate your heart rate a little bit by riding your bike for about five to 10 minutes, just at an easy pace. So just spin around the parking lot, maybe go for a ride down the road, whatever it is for you, depending on what the actual race venue is like. If you'd like, you you can also, and I really do highly recommend this, after you warm up for a few minutes, you can also perform about maybe three to five rounds of 10 to maybe 20 second sprints followed by about one, a minute of easy easy pedaling. But only do this if you're used to sprinting, especially before a race. This just really helps get you primed, helps get you know blood massively flowing, and it just feels really good. It helps, it, helps you not hurt so much when on race, you know, on, on the actual race day, like or, or in the actual race when you are having to sprint. Great, you've already done it earlier that day. No problem. Um, do give it a try. And I do really recommend uh, training in some what I call race starts into your programming before race day, just so you can get used to pedaling hard for 10 up to up to 20 seconds. This is when this is perfect to train for starts, literally. It's in that's why it's in the name that I call it race start training. Because you need to learn, your legs need to learn, your brain needs to learn, your body needs to learn how the hell to just start aggressively out of the gate. Okay. That's the first phase, warm up. Second phase, activate. This is when you activate the muscles that you'll use during your race. So this helps to teach your nervous system, your CNS, to highlight the muscles that you that you want to use and, and also to really just establish that connection that you have with your muscles that are important for biking, okay? Third phase, range. In this phase, you'll work your muscles through their full range of motion to work them before getting on the actual bike. Really, just again, you just want to work a range of motion. That way you're not feeling stiff because again, we're trying to mitigate any type of aches and pains. That way they're not distracting you when you're on the bike on race day, okay? Now I will go ahead and note in these activate and range portions of the warm-up, you're going to perform a couple of rounds of, you know, some exercises. So Besides a yoga mat, besides a towel, I really recommend a set of bands. Oh, I can't recommend bands enough. You know, they're so fantastic, especially the mini loop bands that you can put um, just around your, your knees or around your ankles or anything like that. You'll see them a lot in, you know, PT clinics and really just in general general gyms, but I do recommend having them in your home gym or super bands. Super bands are really great. These are the big loop bands that you can wrap two to three times around, you know, just above the knees or, or kind of loop them around. You can use them for a variety of different things. And I mean, literally you can buy packs of these bands um, from fairly reputable companies online or locally. And I mean, we're talking, this is going to be your cheapest investment in your gym probably, but it's going to be the biggest investment in you. So for the lowest cost, but it will really give you some um, good return on investment here. So good ROI. Now, in the activated range portions, like I mentioned, of the warm-up, you're going to perform about two to three rounds of the following exercises. There are seven that I outlined in this specific warm-up, but they can change. But the one thing that I do recommend is at least doing the bandit kickbacks, kickbacks 
and side kicks. And this is where you have the band just above your knee. You're kicking it off to the side. You're kicking, you're standing on one leg. You're kicking the other leg off to the side with the band just around the knees. You're keeping tension on that band as much as you can. And as you know, if you've ever wrapped a band around just above the knees, there is going to be a moment in just the band's resistance where it will lessen and it will decrease. And that's fine. You're still ha- you still have a little bit of resistance, but you don't need a lot of resistance at, at that point. And that's fine. Uh, and then there's obviously, you know, kickbacks, which will help get your glutes activated. And another option is going to be, you know, monster walks, uh, which is when you're stepping side to one side for maybe like 10 steps or 10 paces, for example, or, and then to your left for 10 or so paces. The key with this, and I see this all too often in the gym or even with folks who do activation workouts or exercises before they ride, unfortunately, uh, they just haven't been, been told or, or taught that they should really keep that tension on the band at all times. So when they're stepping off to the side, they really need to make short steps. So their feet actually should not be coming together because when the feet come together, you're losing all of the tension in that band. It's just, it's, it's all gone. And that's what we want to avoid because again, we're trying to activate the the muscles and keeping that tension will really help trigger, you know, the gluteal muscles and a lot of the musculature that you want awake by the time you get on the bike and you start pedaling. Okay. Second movement is single leg deadlifts, just body weights, fine five per leg. This gets you balanced. This gets your brain connected to your muscles. This gets you connected to your body in space. Much like I talked about in that balance episode last week, definitely give that a check. I will hell i'll link that in the show notes too uh just all the things and i usually recommend about five reps per leg of a single leg deadlift remember deadlifts are a hinging movement you're supposed to hinge from the hip keeping that back nice and flat uh but hinge from the hip single leg so you're balancing on one foot you're taking that other leg i just kicked my furniture in my office uh you're gonna take that other other leg behind you and hinging at the hips and, uh, and kind of reach for that floor without really touching the ground. Okay. Third, we are doing some range of motion stuff. So we're doing the world's greatest stretch. You're going to get into a little bit of a lunge position. You're going to take those hands off to one side and then rotate around towards that knee that is bent in front of you. Hold that just for a few seconds. These are supposed to be dynamic, somewhat dynamic stretches because this is before you actually work out. So stretching before you work out or ride or anything like that should be uh, dynamic. You know, it shouldn't be static stretch where you're holding these positions for a long period of time because then you're elongating the muscle just a little too much, which could relax it a little too much. And we don't want super relaxed muscles. We do want, you know, the fascia to be kind of relaxed and we do want you to not have muscle tension in terms of pain, but we do want you to have active muscles and activated muscles and, and just everything feeling just connected. Okay. So world's greatest stretch, uh, three, three per side is usually pretty good. Like two to three per side. Fourth movement is shoulder taps. So imagine you're in a plank, you have a little bit of a wider stance with your feet instead of having them narrow. And then your, your hands are just underneath your shoulders. And what you're going to do is you're going to balance on one hand as you lift the left hand, for example, to touch your right shoulder. And then you're going to take that left hand back and you're going to do the same thing on the right side. Take that right hand, lift it, reach for that left shoulder in front of you. Again, check the show notes for the video. I explain all of these movements, but this will get that core nice and activated. And also the core does include those, you know, the back muscles, the low back muscles, which are going to be the muscles that tend to tire a little bit more for some people who might have a weaker core. Um, yep. If you have low back pain, chances are, if it's not a bike fit issue, it could be 
a saddle issue, but it could also be a weak core. Because think about it, in biking, you're bent over quite often in that bent over position, especially if you're in the attack position or ready position quite often. If you have a weak core, that low back is going to get lit. It's just going to feel really uh, just uncomfortable. And then again, that's going to distract you on race day. And that's what we want to minimize. So shoulder taps, about five per side is pretty good. Total of 10. Uh, Then the fifth movement, inchworms. This is when you're just going to hinge at the hips. You're going to have your feet somewhat together, hinge at the hips, reach for the ground beneath you. So you're folding completely in half, getting a nice little stretch, and then you're walking those hands out into a plank position, and then you're inching, once you're in the plank position, then you're inching your feet closer to your hands, hence the word inchworms. And this is, again, why you, why I really recommend having a yoga mat, because you can basically do the length of yoga mat once, um, and you can do that about, you know, three to five times or so. Well, the sixth movement is good mornings, and this is where you can do uh, bandit good mornings. So if you have a super band, you can totally wrap it around your neck, put the other end of the band underneath your feet, hinge at the hips, do about five to 10 good mornings. That again will activate your core in terms of your low back, because that is part of your core. Um, that will activate you a little bit more and just kind of wake up the musculature, you know, with the hamstrings, glutes, and all that stuff. And then last but not least, Kang squats. Uh, you're gonna stand tall, a little bit of a squat position, so wider stance with those feet. You're going to bend down, so kind of like you did in the inchworm, you're going to, you know, kind of fall forward, hinge at the hips, or, or fold in half rather. You're going to grab your feet, and then you're going to then squat down. So you're going to get a little bit of a hamstring stretch as you're bent forward, and then as you're folded forward rather, and then you're going to bring yourself, you bring, bring your butt down, pull your butt down to the ground into a nice squat position and you can kind of hang out there kind of move through those hips and really open up those hips about five to ten times and then stand back up and i mean it just feels so good i can't even tell you how good a king squat feels now if you do tend to get arm pump on top of these you know movements especially if you do get arm pump on downhills uh, if you're you know racing predominantly enduro feel free to add some forearm stretches for about maybe five to ten seconds each arm again just something kind of dynamic it can help now i will say disclaimer In order to avoid arm pump, you really should have stronger arms, uh, forearms. So, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, but at this point, it's already race day. You know, it's already too late. If it's not in your programming, hint, hint, you should sign up for my Shred Strong program. Um, But it's one of those situations where, you know, yeah, if, if you haven't done any strength training, unfortunately, that's the best way to avoid arm pump. Uh, on downhill sections, but you know, you can also just stretch, get the muscles a little bit stretched. That way you can kind of avoid them getting overly tight in your race because you definitely want to avoid that. Um, all right. So we talked about warm up, activate range. Next is prime. So P for prime. This is where you're going to perform some explosive and more, more powerful movements. And these movements will, in essence, continue to prime your CNS. And, you know, that is where the magic really happens. That's where the connectivity really happens. So in the prime portion of the warm-up, I do recommend having, you know, a medicine ball or ball that you can easily throw, like, you know, a soccer ball, basketball, whatever, or an imaginary ball. It's totally fine too. And I really, I really uh, suggest performing some jumping squats, maybe three to five of those, some broad jumps, again, three to five of those. So you're just jumping as far as you possibly can, really opening up your hips, focusing on opening up your hips. So in jumping squats and in the broad jumps, focus on opening up the hips. Think about when you go over a jump, 
on your mountain bike. What are you doing? You're bringing your hips to the handlebars. So you're opening your hips in essence. And, you know, with the power of the jump, using that jump, utilizing that jump, this is really going to help you kind of, kind of activate your CNS for that. Third movement in the prime portion is going to be a ball chest throw. Again, on a bike, you're pushing and pulling your handlebars to you, to you, to your chest and away from your chest. So being able to, you know, peek and push that, that bike over the edge of, uh, of the, you know, like a ledge or whatever you need to roll over doing some ball chest throws about three to five times doing these like facing the ground. So bent over hinge at the hips, uh, facing the ground or with a partner, you can throw it back and forth with your riding buddy or whatever. That really helps. Again, having a little bit of weight behind a ball helps, but it's not necessary because really you're just activating something. So even, even just, you know, doing it an imaginary way can help get, get that body primed. I mean, hell, you can even do uh, technically a, a chest throw with a band behind you, you know, maybe latch it into your car door in the parking lot, uh, latch one end of the band, especially if you have a super band, you can kind of shimmy your way inside that band facing away from your car. So it is, the band is anchored on your car and then you're going to be inside the band and facing away from your car back towards your car back is facing towards the car and you have the, the band basically in in your both your hands at your chest elbows are back and you're just gonna push it out from your chest you're gonna push that band out from your chest and of course do a little explosive breathing uh just kind of help again sync everything up get it get you activated uh and get you primed and ready to go now this whole dreamy warm-up at warp speed, uh, maybe it takes about 10 to 15 minutes to really get your body primed and ready to ride or race. And again, it all depends on how long you actually spend on the bike warming up beforehand. Like I talked about in the first phase, just kind of get the blood going. So, you know, maybe take five minutes doing that. Maybe do some race starts. That'll take you like seven minutes. And then to go through everything, at least a couple of rounds of this, once you know it, it really doesn't take that long. Like it really doesn't. And if you really want it to simmer down on some things and maybe not do everything, I would still recommend maintaining these movements in this. So do the warm up on the bike. And then in the activate and range portion, I would definitely do the bandit kickbacks or monster walks and the sidekicks. So 10 reps of those per leg, definitely do at least that at a minimum. And then do the, the world's greatest stretch, and then do um, good mornings and Kang squats or just Kang squats, you know? So that would leave you with like three movements instead of seven. And then in the prime portion of the workout, you know, doing either the jumping squats or broad jumps, totally up to you. Um, I would probably recommend the broad jumps just because that's going to be a lot more power inducive. Uh, and then doing some sort of like chest throw or chest press with your band or something like that. And again, that, I mean, I'm not kidding you when I say this won't take you more than 10 to 15 minutes. Once you get used to it, just remind yourself, you know, it's all a process. It's all a practice. You know, it's something that you just have to get used to doing because it's something new for you. And I'm telling you going through this, spending the 10 to 15 minutes to really warm up and activate your body and make sure it's primed and ready. It will make your race or ride feel so much better. But the most important step I haven't mentioned yet for race day to prep for your race. You ready? Have, have fucking fun. I mean, seriously, just have fun. You're going to feel nervous. You're going to feel, you know, butterflies in your stomach. You're going to have questions about your training. You're going to question every damn thing. 
And that's okay. That's normal because you want to show up and you want to race at your best and you want to be your best. But I think all too often we just forget that, man, racing should be fun. You're meeting other awesome and rad ladies or, or other folks, you know, depending on what division you're racing in. And yeah, God, I can't even tell you how fun some of these people are. And, you know, they're just as goofy as I am. And they're just so fun and so genuine. And they listen and they show up, they show up for one another, you know, and man, just don't forget to have fun on your race. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be challenging, but that's, I mean, that's why you signed up for the race probably to begin with is you want it to challenge yourself. And this is one hell of a way to challenge yourself and to have fun in a very safe and just friendly and, and welcoming environment. Um, so yeah, I can't, I can't say that enough. Just have fun again, check out the link to the video of the warm up on YouTube in the show notes, in the YouTube notes, video notes, there is an outline again of that worm, that warm up that I just detailed and maybe your eyes glazed over because I was kind of talking about movements. So it's hard to kind of, you know, imagine, but watch the video one time, go through the notes, copy the notes, save them in your phone. That way you can get through the sequence even faster and more succinctly the next time you have like a longer ride or the next time you have a race day, but definitely, definitely check it out. So if you're ready to take your performance to the next level for your upcoming race season or your next race, then please join me in the upcoming launch of the Shred Strong, hashtag Shred Strong program, specifically for mountain bikers to get strong on and off the bike year round. I'm launching the year-long periodized strength and conditioning program for mountain bikers on Monday, October 11th. You need to be signed up by the week before. No, I have not opened the cart yet as of, you know, mid-August to late August. And I'm not going to open the cart for this program until two weeks before we, we finish up, you know, so October 3rd. So it won't be launched until the end of September. Right now, I'm just getting folks who are interested in learning more about this trying to get their email addresses just so you can learn more and kind of decide for yourself. And then I'm going to be doing a free webinar here in a few weeks, just to kind of talk about things and also help you get a little bit better at, at your own training, whether or not you join the shred strong program or not. That's my gift to you just for being here. And you know, this is the same program that I follow year round and it simply works. I love it. It's, it's simple. It's all delivered in an app. So let's get you and your performance dialed. You can join the waitlist for Shred Strong today. Honestly, just visit the link in the show notes. But on that, I am going to sign off here, friends. And I just, I'm so grateful for you for joining me every week uh, or as much as you possibly can. If you have any podcast episode ideas, man, by all means, send me those topic ideas, whether through Instagram or email, whatever you need. Uh, again, all the links in the, are in the show notes. But most importantly, I just want you to have fun today. And I hope you have... A beautiful day, friends. And yeah, anyways, I'm signing off.